0: This episode of the Quality Potty is brought to you by our good friends over at Straddle. That's right, Straddle, where entertainment meets opportunity for the horse racing industry. Head to strider.com now and get shopping on their marketplace where you can sort through all the best available yearlings for purchase for this upcoming racing season. Great opportunity to get in on the ground floor with some very talented horses. So head to strider.com right now and get shopping. Ladies and gentlemen, punters of all ages, it's Christmas week in the punting world. We've got the Everest, we've got Caulfield Guineas, we've got many, many races to unpack. My name is Mitchell Cashmore, joined by Nick Ireland. How are you, mate? Not too bad, not too bad. Real excited,
1: obviously, Everest weekend. Um, It's going to be awesome, man.
0: Keen. Yeah, man. We're going to be down there as well, punters. We're going to be filming a bit of content, so keep a lookout for the mocks. And if we stick a mic in your face, get around it. Dribble with us. You might end up on our socials. 100%. Um, but, of course, before we get into that, there's a bit to discuss. We won't discuss as much as we probably could because we want to get through it nice and quick because the punters want to get to that Everest unpacking as we do later. But, um, first off, gold trip. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, fuck. What a run. Um, just came out of nowhere. I don't think a lot of people expected. I think only one or two people tipped it in our little tipping comp that we got or
0: the f- four. We had four tipped including the current leader, Dust Boot. My god, he's pulled away. But yeah, wow. he was the forgotten horse because Autumn he was shocking and everyone thought, "Okay, maybe he is just done after that Melbourne Cup run." As many horses end up, they win a Melbourne Cup then they fail to go on to do anything else. Wow, he came out at 30-1 to on the Victorian tote and absolutely smashed them.
1: Yeah, 100%, mate. So, um, yeah, wow. I I was not expecting it at all. I mean, I was going for um, Ozopenko. Didn't really do too much.
0: I was on the Guardi, got going too late, didn't even end up the top four, but I think... Good
1: signs for the cup. Good signs for the cup. I always knew that was going to happen. It wasn't targeting that race. Um, Cox Plate. Sorry, Caulfield Cup into a um, uh, cup. So him yeah. and Solcom are looking prime for those cups. Hundred uh, percent. Another notable mention as we move into cup talk. First, a mortal ran as well. Ran second place, um, down in um Melbourne on the weekend. Um, I'm only bringing this up because I do have it on a Fidgets bet. I got at two hundred to one punters. Um. So, I can't complain. I do only have a dollar on it, but look, a dollar's a dollar. Get yeah, at $200 odds. Come into, I think, $20 now. It's going to be um, probably my tip for the cup coming into it. But um, looking nice, very excited to see how that one goes. But yeah, it was a great run. Um, that was another long race that um probably dictates how the cup's going to go out. I think it was at the two and a half K marks, so the 2,500 meters that race was. So. Yeah, you can look into that punters if you want to get in some early form into the into the Melbourne Cup. Go back and watch those um, things. But now,
0: Gold Trip's going to be there for the Cup. You've got another one to look at again. So, who knows? 100%. Um, I will say quickly, talking about the tip-off made me just realise I've been so busy every week, I've forgotten to send out the updated leaderboard. So if you're listening right now, punters, it will be in your inbox. I will send it out tonight. We record this on a Wednesday. I'm very sorry. I usually send it out before a Tuesday, but it just escaped my mind purely because not many people tipped Gold trip. So I wasn't focusing on, God, i got a lot of math to do. I didn't have that much math to do, and it's gone in one ear out the other. But if you're listening to this podcast right now, check your inbox, check your spam, leaderboard will be with you. Uh, romantic Warrior, are you dropping off? No,
1: nah, it's not too bad. It's always got to have a couple of lead-in preps um, coming into Australia, and I think it didn't look too bad, so I'm not hopping off. Just I, w- I wasn't on. Yeah, but I'm not, but
0: I'm not hopping off for of the Cox Plate. I'm not saying 100%. that I'm on it, but it is still definitely a chance for the Cox Plate. All week long, both JMac and the trainer said, yeah, he's going to get better for the run. We still think he's going to come out and maybe dominate them, but like, this isn't. he's not at 100%. He was at about 85% on the weekend, so definitely don't drop off. Go back and watch the race. J Mac doesn't really touch him that much once he realizes that he's switched off. Like, he whips him a couple of times. But once he realizes that uh, fitness is starting to give out, he just goes nice and easy to the line. He puts the whip away. So, he's definitely still a Cox Plate chance. Um, at Flemington, found a bodyguard. We are flying with the two year olds, Nick.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't too much. I think it was a favourite in the end. But, um, no, it wasn't.
0: And I know 1.6 mil, oh, you you found the richest horse in the but land. When it, when it lost, but there was people coming real quick to come t- tell us that it didn't win, so... Exactly yeah. right. They said that me saying it had a good trial that I knew nothing. Well, look, the trial, um, it's produced the Breeders' Plate and the Maribyong Stakes winners. Sorry, not sorry. Um, osmosis. Awkward. <laughs> You're an idiot, mate. So You never go off about a horse that...
1: that that much and it pays mate and i've got nothing but got no sympathy for you take your licks i will say take your licks mate no 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 no, no. no excuses no no take no no no, no, no no,
0: i just want to clear up people seem to think that i ever i thought it was better than amelia's jewel when did i ever say osmosis was a better horse than amelia's jewel one they're different categories of horse and two did i ever say osmosis was the top four five horse in the country no but he's Literally covering his tracks. Make sure you give him all these links on the
1: TikTok punters. Um, he deserves it. He's, yeah, he hates Amelia's Jewel. I don't hate Amelia's he hates Jewel. It. Hates Amelia's Jewel and he loves Osmosis and he doesn't even own the horse.
0: So I'm just saying, Osmosis, I Rip been, into him. I'm not dropping off him for the Coolmore. But we'll get into the listener questions, mate. Uh, Hobbo, best trainer in each state. Obviously, we're not going to be able to do Adelaide or Western Australia. We don't really know much. But we'll do the Eastern uh, Coast. I'll go Tony Golan in Queensland. Yep. Uh, I'll go Chris Waller in Sydney and I'll go Mayor and Eustace in Victoria. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry in my opinion. They're the three gurus in each state going around right now. Do you have anything different? No. Fair enough. Uh, Cody Mags, what was Brett Pebble thinking on NCAP, taking him to the back? Did he cost him the race? Uh, I'm shocked know.
1: it didn't place. I'm shocked it didn't place. Oh, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to win. I had a, I said in on the pod last week. So I didn't think it was going to win. I don't know why it... Um, Like you said, you thought they tried to get the easy, cheap, uh, Portelli tried to get the cheap um, prize money coming out of it, but I didn't think it was going to win. It just, I think it got lucky in that second place behind Militarise. And yeah, it's, I don't know if it was Brett Pebble's fault, I think the horse just isn't good enough.
0: I think it was more just a horse coming to the end of its prep. It had been up for a while. I think just the fitness gave out. Um, Yeah, it's headed to the spell. I'm looking forward to see what it can do in autumn. I think... That was it in the end. Yeah, maybe you can say it should have gone forward, but I think just end of the prep sort of thing. James Topping asks, is the King's Charles Stakes the best field we've had all year?
1: Uh, yeah, probably say so. I'd uh, say it's probably the most competitive field we've had all year. Well, look at it quickly. It's Think It Over, Mr. Brightside, Zaki. Um,
0: like Infantry, fan Pobalika,
1: Golden Mile. Rodina. A Tissue, Like goes on so
0: yeah i think it's race of the spring in my opinion i put a video out and a lot of people told me you're an idiot it's the cox plate yeah 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 cox plate like we discussed uh, last week that's the purest race of the spring i think from a pure excitement point five mil bucks on the line 1600 meters at ranwick all the best mile horses in the land going head to head it's super exciting i'm looking forward to that most on everest day um so yeah i think it can only be beaten by the Cox Plate field depending on what they assemble there. Um, Stocks Bloodstocks asks, Who is the best three year old in the country? And no, I don't want to hear osmosis. So I think that's going to become pretty clear after the weekend. Whoever wins the guineas. It's Militarise and step party They're one and two currently. Whoever wins becomes top seed.
1: I taste the party.
0: Uh, so am I. A Bit of a spoiler for the tip off later. Uh, Anthony Royd, what is the best form line going in the Everest, mate? We'll discuss the Everest later, but what is the sort of form line you're looking into for the race?
1: Um, to be honest, it's mostly how it's run because a, a lot of the runners going into this have versed each other, um, how they've run against each other. Um, yeah, there's a, I think we go into it. A, we, we've already recorded um, the our Everest yeah. bit, so um, if you listen to it in, in a while, you'll you kind of see why.
0: Fair enough. Um, I think the best form line in the race is those Sydney sprints. I just... Those Sydney sprints that, like, the key lead-ups, the shorts and the premier stakes, it's where most of them face each other. How they went compared to each other, that's where you sort of have to figure out where they have to improve, how many lengths they have to improve on, considering where they were compared to the winner. So, of course, think um, about it was a winner of a lead-up race, um, and you also had Private Eye as the winner of a lead-up race. So you see where they're... um, they were in comparison to each other. That's where they have to improve to be able to win come this weekend. Uh, he also asks, thoughts on the whirlpool, how will it affect the markets? And I'll explain to the layman's term, punters, who's never heard world pool. what does that mean? So essentially, punters, tote betting. As some of you might be aware, the tote, that's essentially all the money that's being placed on that race, goes into a big pool and get shared with whoever wins. It's like how quaddies work, it's how exotics work. So in Australia, if you're sitting up in Queensland, you go into the Queensland tote. You're sitting down in Victoria, you go in the Victoria tote and so on. Whirlpool, the bloke who's putting five bucks on at his local tab in Mount Isa, the guy who's putting $1,000 on at the track at Flemington, the guy who's putting $10,000 on, on his phone in his big, rich mansion out in Bondi, as well as the bloke who's putting a million dollars on in his big penthouse in Hong Kong and South Africa and America and England, they all go into the same pool. So that's why you're going to see a lot of big payouts, especially when you bet with the tote and those exotics. Play your trifectas, play your duets, play your ex- exactors, play your quaddies. Our mate Monty, he landed the Flemington Quaddy on the weekend. $10 spent, $400 win. That's the sort of payout you can expect. The tote pools are going to be massive because everyone in the world goes into the same pool. You don't have an England pool, no Hong Kong pool, no Australia pool. Everyone's in the same. And so the way that'll affect the market, Nick, Hong Kong punters, they bet with a lot of money. They know two names, Zach Purton and Hugh Bowman. Expect on race day their horses to shorten in just about every race because they're going to drop boatloads of money on them purely because they're the names they know, especially Zach Purton. Yeah. Especially Zach Purton. So whatever price you have on a Zach Purton horse now, I would probably say get it because yeah. it will become shorter on race day because those Hong Kong billionaires are going to come from and they're going to come hard. 100%. So that's basically how it will affect the market. You know, you've got to think those international horses... They're going to get backed by those people over in the countries they're from because they know them. And the jockeys that they know, they're going to back them. All right? And then Tom Parks finally. When will the Everest become a Group 1? No
1: time soon. Uh, really? Yeah. I, just I was think thinking so.
0: maybe three years min.
1: Oh, well, that's not that soon, I'd say. In the I next three years. Well, considering that race has only been going for six, I I'd think three is a long time considering it's only gone for six. I'd probably say, yeah, five, six years. So I don't think it's going to happen. 10 year anniversary
0: becomes a group one, maybe? Who knows?
1: It's, um, yeah, it's pretty frowned upon at the moment, I think. From I a think. racing purist, yeah. yeah. They
0: don't love the slot system. But I mean, it's racing's new thing. You've got about five of them over the country now uh, across the different racing codes. I think eventually they're going to have to. They're going to have to. Like, I mean, it's becoming one of the biggest races on the, the world calendar. It's the richest race on turf now. I mean, they're going to eventually have to give it that Group 1 slot. And when it does, it's only going to benefit us because all those horses like the Imperatrices of the world who want to avoid it because it's not a Group 1, they can go there instead.
1: 100%. All
0: right, mate. Let's get stuck into the rundown. But of course, before we do that, if you like what you hear, not what you just heard, but hear most of the time, the tips, the banter, the chat... Rate us five stars on Spotify, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking to have a bet this weekend, of course, do so responsibly, but do it with Dabble.
1: 100%. Dabble is the Aussie-owned bookie that is changing the game of gambling. Um, We've just hit just under 25,000, getting up there. So um, followers on on the apps, come follow us on there. And any bet we mention in this podcast, you can just get it into your bet slip. It's as simple as that. Click the link in the show notes and sign up with the code Sports when you sign up. And yep, let them know we sent you and awesome. then you can
0: win with us this racing season. All right, mate, the track, the weather is fine. It has been sunny, sunny, sunny all week long in Sydney and it proceeds to continue that way up until the jump of the very first. It'll start on good four as is mandatory but I would not be surprised if we end up good three at some point in the day. The rail goes out three metres. The track's going to be rock hard. I think it's going to play very fast. You're going to want to be settling in that first half of the field going around the bend because I'm not sure you're going to be able to make up much ground because of how fast this track's going to play. Of course, monitor that bias. There's always going to be some little trend that emerges on the day. Um, but yeah, that's, it's going to be fair. Every horse is going to get their chance. But the prime spot will be probably settling in that first six going around the bend. As we move into race one, 2,600 metres. Very boring race to start the day. If you don't want to punt on any of these races on the day, make it this one. Um, I'm just going to go to Cleveland. I can't let it win without me on him. Uh, The price is not one that I love. But like I said, this is not the betting race of the day. Um, We've yet to see his best in Australia. If he produces it, he wins. J-Mac on board for the first time. That's an upgrade and a half. Um, yeah, that's all I can really say. I think he just gets the job done.
1: If you go Major Beal again here. Comes right back in class. Um, yeah, $6, $2. Not too confident on it though. So I wouldn't be too, too looking into it because I finished 17 lengths off just fine. So yeah.
0: Well, let's move to the races that we are more confident in race two.
1: Uh, benchmark 78. I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Um, horse we follow, pretty good. Guys a Yes. $3.60 for the win. Uh, three starts is prep. Second, first, second, and yeah, just looking real nice. Finishing behind Kibu last start. Gets that extra 200 metres behind it, and yeah, looks pretty good for me, Gaza Blanca.
0: Yeah, he's double-nomed for the Silver Eagle later this day, but I think he'll be running here, and I think he should run here. Um, he's a smart horse, rarely puts a foot wrong. I'm with you, mate. $3.40, Garza Blanca for me in the second. We move to race three, 1,400 metres. Arctic Glamour, very respectable favourite after smashing the competition by over four lengths last time at the midweeks. This seems like the natural progression. However, I'll be looking for value here. Kundalini. She was an early two-year-old type that, if you remember in the autumn, was coming up short against the likes of Don Corleone and Learning to Fly, who were both top, top seeds going into the Golden Sipper, both of which, if they were here, would spank this crew. So I'm happy to have a stab at the $11 to win, $2.90 to place each way on Kundalini in the third. Fair enough, man, I'm going jolly Star here. Uh, J-Mac
1: wallet combo, $6, $2 for a place. Um, it's had two starts, one win and one second. So uh, yeah, looking pretty nice for me. Um, as we head into race four, and I'm not another favorite here, mate, 1800. Uh, Tom Kitten, think it's the best horse in this race. Um, hasn't really been too far out of it. This prep gets that extra 200 meters again, start, starting to get A little bit behind it. It's going to be my tip for race number four.
0: Uh, Snowman has to be the bet here, in my opinion. He's been the running mate for one. Mm. Riff Rocket, who we failed to mention at the top of the show. His last few starts, and we should have probably mentioned him, because he absolutely killed them at Flemington, and he's come into a $3 favourite for the Derby. A bit of an overreaction in the market, in my opinion, but still, it was very, very impressive. So, considering Snowman was his running mate, the form's incredible to be going off. Uh, he'll push forward from that wide barrier. He'll be given every chance by Bowman. Unlike a few of these, he's already been at this distance and won at this distance as well. All signs point to a strong run. $4.80 for Snowman. I'll take it. We move to race six because race five is in the tip-off, mate. Who have you got in the Sydney Stakes, which is essentially the leftovers who didn't get an Everest slot, including those four who are Everest Emergencies. Who have you got and why?
1: Uh, tough one. And... um. It's, a re- it's actually a real tough one because I think the two top chances have drawn way too wide. Bella Nipitina and Zapateo. Um, Shelby 66, you need to go and retire, my friend. Um, <laughs> I'm going um, Valana here. I think it's the best horse. It's got the best barrier in it. Um, chance, $6.50, $2.35 for a place. First up record's not too bad either. Three wins from four starts with one in the placing as well.
0: Look, mate, call me crazy. 200 to one. I'm going Shelby 66. No, I'm not. I'm uh, um, about to literally uh, <laughs> abuse you on this podcast. Um, no, um, like I you said. wouldn't be allowed back. <laughs> cancelled century. Uh, oh, cancelled territory there. Um, look, Bella Nipitina, she's drawn the car park, but all the top chances in the Everest have been through her. Private Eye, think about it. Hawaii 5-0, Overpass as well as horses like Amelia's Jewel and Imperatrix. They've all been in races where Bellinipotina has run really strongly. She's just run into them as one better. This is her pet distance. I hope Willow gives her an absolute peach, grabs some cover from that barrier and gets over the top of them. $3.80. I just have to be with her because I think she'd be a genuine contender in the Everest if she got a slot. So, this is a race she deserves to win. And she rates as a really, really top chance. She just needs to be able to find cover. And I think she'll come late. And I think she'll get over the top of them. Uh, Race 7, 8, and 9 all in the tip-off, mate. So finish off the day in race 10 for us.
1: Yeah, looking nice here at the 1600. Uh, Most of your punters would have left by now, I think. Because, um, yeah, the casual punters. What are you talking about, mate?
0: After the last, got to watch the DJ.
1: I don't think many people. Empire of the Sun. Yeah. yeah, but it's a pretty boring race to finish it, to be honest. I don't really know. I'm going to go Avery here, Jamie Carr, uh, $9.50 and $3.10 for a place. I'm not seeing too much of her on the card, to be honest, Jamie Carr. So, um, yeah, I'll give, her, I'll give her the win here.
0: I'm going to go with Osbred Flirt for a bit of an each-way play in the last. When super first up. She tends to do her best work later in the prep, so I think there's improvements still to come despite a very impressive win first up. Up in distance as well, does her best work late. Eight dollars to win, two dollars eighty each way. I'm happy to go with Ospread Flirt in the last. Now, mate, that concludes the Ranwick rundown, and we've got a lot to discuss in the great tip off. Seven big races, including the Everest. Uh we'll move away from Ranwick quickly. We go to Caulfield. Three big races there. We've got the Guineas, the Two Rack, and the Might and Power Stakes. We'll start with the Guineas.
1: Yeah, mate. Field looks nice um, as we come into it. Militarize is your favorite, $2.80. Um, Steparty's the other one, $3.50. King Colorado, I can respect a bet on it, $8.50 as well. i going to keep it pretty simple because we did um, spoil it earlier. Stapati wins for me, $3.50 for the win. I'm just going to keep it just as that. I think it wins.
0: Uh, shout out to uh, Jack Jenkins with Wolfie. This is where he's a 100-to-1 ticket on Wolfie can come in here if it gets up. It's currently at $20.00 nice little price edge to have, but I think Militarise and Stepardi, they're going to fight tooth and nail to the line, with Stepardi getting up here, I think these are the two horses that are going to progress to a Cox Plate, I'd want Militarise over Stepardi there, but the fact that Stepardi is more conditioned to the Melbourne way of going about things, he's also undefeated, he knows where the line is, he has the experience in Victoria and Caulfield, I think, he blew the clock away with his last start as well when he knuckled down and got over the line in incredible fashion. $3.40. I'm happy to take step party. Um, We move to the two rack. This one could be pretty cut and dry as well. I'm M- my favourite horse in the world, Amelia's Jewel.
1: Wins. Doesn't win. Doesn't lose, sorry. It wins. Amelia's Jewel. Now tell me why you hate it. Go. Uh,
0: nah. She faces her toughest day- test to date, but in the grand scheme of things... There is still no real, this is still no real amazing field jumping off the page, but this is a genuine East Coast group one where she can stamp herself as the number one seed going into the Cox Plate, $2.20. She just has to win here, right? She just has to win.
1: What are you? What are you going to do if it doesn't? Are you going to kill it because you hate the horse?
0: Jeez, relax, relax, relax. I don't hate the horse. If she loses, I'm probably going to have a little bit of a chuckle in my corner. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Content. Yeah. uh, But if it wins, I I think I have to uh, admit that it is... A top horse in the country i've already stated i think it's a very very good horse and probably will end up being a top five whether it comes here or the cox plate or the golden eagle wherever she goes she needs to win one of these big races in order to do so i think she just wins here and if she does win potentially i'll do a little bit of a punishment to show how sorry i am to the uh, simon miller camp but yeah i can't see anything beating it here might and power blood to go forward with just fine sitting behind it or just outside him Dewis is going to fly late, as she did last start. I honestly think she can bounce back. Finally get another win here. She's been pretty shocking in her last few preps, I will admit. But this is a race for the swoopers, I think, is just fine. And Alligator Blood duke it out and set a hot tempo for them to swoop on. Dewis at $5.50, I'm on her.
1: Going Alligator Blood at $2.30. It was going to go just fine, but, um, yeah, doesn't have Rachel King on it. Doesn't have... 50 kilos on its back. It's got 59. Big it's going to be in tough. Weight. Big jumping weight. Nine kilos is too much in my opinion. So um, lay that bet if you want to. Alligator Blood for me should win. Timmy lay a bet back. on just
0: fine. Yep. Interesting call. Is that all for the Might and Power? Yeah. All right. So you're on the Blood. I'm on Dewis. Let's move back to Randwick where we can start to really unpack some of these races. Uh, first up, the Kosciuszko, the Everest for the Country Horses. And I've only got a few chances in this one. And I think you're going to be thinking the same thing.
1: Yeah, I think we're pretty similar. I haven't seen what you've tipped, to be honest, but I think we're going to be on something pretty similar.
0: Uh, I will say, all things considered, Opal Ridge should be winning. I emphasize should, as I think she wouldn't go amiss in an Everest, personally. She's been above this level for ages now. She's short, has an ideal draw, and J Mac. Everything should fall her way, except Mogo Magic at $9. Are you kidding me? Agreed. Has he lost a leg? What is going on? I know he hasn't raced since uh, July, I think it was, or maybe it was August. He's been off for a while, but so's Opal Ridge. She's first up, yet she's $2.20. Mogo Magic's $9. What? Yet to lose a race or a trial in his career. They don't often get close to him as well. It's usually a gap job. He's above the country class here. And with a win, I think he should progress up to much better racing. Nine dollars to win, two dollars seventy to place. Perhaps one of my bigger bets of the day. It's not often that I'm so confident that a value horse will be in the finish, but Mogo Magic, I'm very confident on it, and I have been for months.
1: Fair enough, I'm same with you, mate. Move to the Silver Eagle, uh, the race following the Everest. Um, I'm going to keep this one pretty simple as well. Paracles for me, Zach Purton on board, four dollars eighty wins,
0: in my opinion. Mate, this is starting to get very boring, because I'm on it as well. Um, So, of course, Silver Eagle. These are the horses to go under the Golden Eagle, hopefully. Yellow Brick, seriously talented horse, should be super competitive. However, I fail to see why Pericles isn't favourite. This distance is well short of its best, but class-wise, he's got to go on top. He's got Zach Purton on board as well. It's a huge bonus. He should cross most of them, sit right behind the leading bunch, turn the corner and explode late. Might find the distance a touch short. I'd prefer him probably in a Golden Eagle compared to a Silver Eagle, but he'll be in the finish for sure. And for a price like $4.60, for someone that I'm very confident is going to be there or thereabouts, I'm happy to take it. Pericles and the Silver Eagle for Kashi. We move to the race of the spring in my mind with the King's Charles Stakes. Like we Great went race. through it. Zaki, think it over. Light Infantry Man. Not Light Infantry. Funny story there, punters. The world-famous Light Infantry Horse has to now go by Light Infantry Man because... One of Bjorn Baker's unraced three-year-old, the owners decided to call it Light Infantry, so yeah. <laughs> the European uh, group winner that's coming over to contest our big races, as it did last spring, and is you know considered one of the world's top internationals coming over, has to change its name for an unraced three-year-old. Crazy, but um, yeah. Then you've also got uh, Fangirl, Radina, Kovalika, Stack, Field. What are your thoughts, Nick?
1: Mr. Brightside wins. Done. I don't... No. Nah. $2 should be $1.80. Come into $1.80. $2.20 is that now. I don't... Hasn't put a foot wrong. Wins.
0: It's, it's the biggest addition of the Great Spring tip-off so far and it's the most boring. I'm on Mr. Brightside as well. Yeah. Last two times he's been here, he's won back-to-back Doncasters, which is no mean feat. He's drawn perfectly. Williams will give him a steer. Some are saying he's bet of the year. I won't go that far, but... He is mighty hard to beat. He's the best horse in the country. He's going to stamp that with authority here. $2.20 he's at right now. I'm happy to take that. I mean, Fangirl, I'm very much going to be annoyed if it gets up at $9 without me on it, but I'm very keen to play the Quinella there because Fangirl will be shooting home late, but I just think Mr. Brightside, best horse in the country over the mile. He barely ever loses at it. He's just going to get it done. 100%. 100%. Uh, and, mate, that'll take us to our Everest chat, which we recorded a little bit earlier now, so you'll probably hear a little bit of a transition into the chat punters, but um, enjoy it. We go through runner-by-runner runner and sorting the pretenders from the contenders. We're going to do that for all of the big races, so the Everest, Caulfield Cup, Cox Plate, Melbourne Cup, Golden Eagle. So, uh, producer Nick, take us there now. Okay, mate, time for the big one, the Everest um let's unpack it we like to do this every year punters we like to go balls deep as i like to put it um runner by runner analysis in the big race so basically what we'll do here we're going to go through one to twelve and we're going to sort the pretenders from the contenders okay and so what that means is we're going to basically be telling you which horses can win which horses can't so you know every single one of our opinions on every single one of these runners when it comes time for you to look through that form book and make your pick on Everest Day. Okay, let's just first, Nick, what are your initial thoughts before we go through the speed map and then go through runner by runner? <coughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on the field that's being assembled?
1: Yeah, the field's pretty average. Um, think about it, it's your favourite. So that's the first thing that comes up. I wish I win was probably going to be your favourite until the barrier draw. Private eye looks pretty good. There's, yeah... I honestly could have six or seven different looks in this in this race, so I'm keen to get into some analysis with you, mate.
0: Yeah, fair enough, mate. Uh, let's start as everyone should really start when I'm such a big race, and that's the speed map. This speed map's brought to you by Racenet. I got it off there. Um, I'll probably flash it up on the screen if we do have the videos up just so you, the punters, can look at it yourself. So essentially, the way they've mapped this race, they've got Overpass as the clear leader, with Hawaii 5-0, with the potential to push up and sit just outside it, if not right behind it. Then you've got Cylinder and Alcohol Free to also push forward and challenge overpass to make sure he doesn't get it his own way. Then you've got the likes of Mazu and Insecret sitting behind them. Then think about it, sitting right at the top of the midfield, followed by your private eyes, your espionas, And yeah, I wish I wins. They don't think I wish I win gets sucked all the way back from that inside barrier. We'll go into that. I seem to think otherwise, but we'll go into that. Um, And then, yeah, you've got Espiona sitting outside him. And then all the way at the tail, you have Shinzo and Buenos Notches. That's according to them. Of course, this can all go out the window come race time. If one horse decides to, you know what, I'm going to do it my own way. I'm going to go right to the front and try and break all their hearts, as we've seen many times before. But that's the way it's expected to go. Now, Nick runner by runner, will go by their saddlecloths. Number one, I wish I win. Do you have him as a pretender or a contender? Uh, contender
1: for me, um, like I said, would have been favourite for me coming into this race before barrier draws. One of the best, if not the best in the country. Um, I really like the horse. The third place, this start, this prep was um, unlucky in the end. Didn't really do too much wrong, just got... Kind of checked a little bit and then just still ran on pretty well. So I was pretty happy with that. And fi- finishing anywhere behind Alligator Blood is pretty good form to go off. Not Alligator Blood, sorry. Mr. Brightside is pretty good form to go off at the moment. Um, definitely contender for me. I think the barrier is a bit of an issue, but I think can be steered the right way um, by Luke Nolan. Knows how to ride the horse. I'm not too concerned about it. I think it's um, it's probably at the right price. I think they've they've got it pretty much spot on. Um, But I think it's a genuine contender, and I'm confused if you have otherwise.
0: Look, I've got him as a contender. I'm not silly. He is the best horse in the race, so he has to be a contender. So I can't possibly pen him. I'd probably look like an absolute goose if I put a pen through him. But my big call of the race punters is he will not win. You made a call similar a few years ago in the Melbourne Cup that incentivise wasn't going to win. He was going to come second. I'm going to make that same call here. They wanted anything but barrier one punters in the lead up to that barrier draw and they got it. The reason being, if they get too far back and have to go around them on a rock hard deck that's running fast as it's expected, he'd have to produce a pretty freakish run. Not freakish if they decide to ride him a bit more forward and get him off the back of that midfield or even amongst the midfield like some people are predicting. I don't know. It's an interesting one. Some people are saying Barrier 1's no issue even if he does get all the way back because he drew Barrier 1 in the Memsey and look what happened. He still got every chance in the race but punters, I'll tell you that much, he had more horses carting him into the race. It wasn't as soft as a tempo as was expected to be on the weekend or as moderate. They're not expected to go as fast. Plus, he had an extra 200 metres to run it out in the Memsey That's a 1,400 metre race. He's back to 1,200 metres here off of a seven-week break. Interesting, but I mean, it's Peter Moody. I won't uh, doubt him. But yeah, I think if he gets sucked all the way back, I can't see him winning. I can see him only running for second. If they decide to ride him more forward, of course, he can stalk them. If a gap opens up when they fan come the straight, he can definitely get through. But I don't know. If he was drawn wider, I could entertain him as a win bet. But at the price he's currently, I think he's not a win bet. But he's definitely going to be flying down the finish. Include him in your exotics. He should be placing
1: yeah, that's fair enough. When I when I look at it, especially one of these big races, um, obviously every every horse, every um, trainer and jockey are going in with a with a plan, right? So I think um, I Wish I Win goes in with a pretty solid plan to try and stalk that pace, try and get there without using too much petrol, try and get into a good spot and then race through on the outside. I think that's a plan, obviously, it's going to try and set with. Um, It'll be hard so from that inside day to is get gonna, all the way to the outside. It is going to be hard, but it's going to come down to on the day the jockey i think the jockey has a big 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 play on this one um it can come down to a win or a loss from luke nolan if he runs an absolute page
0: mate if nolan decides to ride him for luck and gets him up he's yeah so i think he needs to take luke nolan needs to take every
1: chance he can get with this horse um i think it's a good like it's a decent chance it's not impossible i think he's more likely to steer it in the right direction than the wrong direction but um if he gets that absolute gap and not many um, horses are challenging him, I think he's a genuine chance in my opinion.
0: All right, mate. Number two, Private Eye. Another
1: good one. Um, was probably one of my one of my tips leading into it. Um, it seems to be, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, a bit of a forgotten horse. Um, 100%. Always is forgotten. Always is. And it seemed to get finally get some recognition leading into $6 into this one, punters. Um, Nash retains the ride here pretty interesting I'm not too sure I literally had it as one of my good chances but I would have wanted a bit more value for it to punt on personally but um, at the $8 to $9 mark but $6 you can entertain it with me Um, one first up obviously has run an Everest before one second last year second Second last year and ran pretty well Um, no one expected Private Eye to do that either so I think it's a genuine contender I think Nash is an absolute brilliant jockey, and um, it comes down to the big races. And yeah, He's a big race jockey. He is, so uh, Private Eye is a contender.
0: Yeah, contender for me. He's one of my leading contenders. I would have preferred him to have ideally drawn maybe barriers five to eight, somewhere around that middle where they can do whatever they want. They can push forward. They can sit back. But from barrier nine, he's probably forced to try and get over and get a little bit of cover. Uh, he drew barrier three last year when he was able to come second, so it's a big difference here. But um, luckily for us punters who are thinking that he's a top chance, he can do it with cover or without cover. Some horses can't stand three wide, no cover. Private Eye is a horse that can get it done, as he did last start when he was first up. Absolutely blitzed them when he lobbed completely wide, no cover, just ran down the outside and put him away with his fantastic turn of foot. Um But let's just look at it though. Barrier 9, 3 wide, no cover when he won the nature strip stakes last year. Barrier 11 when he won, uh, sorry, that was Barrier 9, his first up run. Barrier 11 last year when he smashed them down the outside, 3 wide, no cover in the nature strip stakes. So he's no stranger to the wide barrier and wide no cover, like I said. Nash, freakish form right now. He is getting up left, right and centre. He's a big time jockey. I'm happy to have him as one of the top seeds. He's going to throw everything into him to try and get him over that line. So he's definitely one of my top contenders. As we move into number three, the other Joe Pride horse, the other one from Proven Thoroughbreds, they would be licking their lips right now having two horses in the race. Think about it.
1: Yeah, you... Just before we get into think about it, you've got to ask yourself when it comes into these owners and these trainers that have two horses in a race like this, do they take someone else out to better one of the other one's bit chances. A bit of team racing. Yeah, a bit of team racing going on and I think you can definitely entertain the fact. Maybe not with these two. Yeah. but um, It's very much, much so
0: frowned upon but there's cause of it all the time in the racing world.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't... It's the most money race and I think it's definitely something that they're thinking about. I don't know. Probably not with these two. These two are probably two of the leading chances. If it gets the right run, it can probably both win but maybe yeah. when we get into a bit of Godolphin a bit later... Who knows? True. There Maybe if the Eduardo
0: gone. was in this year, send him out to blitz them. So think about it, can run over the top. I could definitely see that being happening. I don't think these two, but we'll get yeah. into
1: a bit later. I just wanted to bring that um, little form into it you can think about as well, um, if you pardon the pun. So think about it here. I don't know how you can say it's a pretender. It's a definite contender, favourite for a reason. 10 wins out of 11. It's one on all types of track. It's. Um, yeah, especially it's coming into pretty nice weather coming into Saturday. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a hot day.
0: Yeah, it's going <coughs> to be very dry and he is 8 from 8 on dry tracks. Yeah,
1: so um, yeah, great horse. Another one, so just one against um, Hawaii Five O. 0 yep. another one in this one that I respect pretty highly as well, Hawaii Five O. Um, But yeah, I think this is going to be obviously the leading chance and there's no way you can tell me otherwise. It's got a perfect barrier. I think it's absolutely tune. I don't prime. think they could ask for anything else if think about it.
0: Yeah, another leading contender in my mind. I wouldn't be surprised if he runs the Quinella with private eye, honestly. Um, he's only been defeated once in his career. He's won an incredible eight straight. He, you know, like I said, eight from eight on the dry. I mean, he's undefeated at the distance. He's undefeated at the track. Every single thing points to a very, very positive run from Think About It. Um, I mean, take a sit, ride for luck, push forward, whatever they want from that draw, he can do it. And he's done it in all of his starts So today. He can run from anywhere they want. He is the ideal horse to have in a race like this. And shout out to their owners, because even though they don't get the full chunk of the prize money because of the whole slot ownership and the way that works, they only purchased him for pennies compared to some of the others in this field. You know, I think it was less than 50,000. So shout out to them for getting an absolute Barjane and potentially going to clean up with an Everest winner. So think about it. Definite contender. We move to number four, Marzu third in the race last year, but I don't think his chances are that high this year. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I've got my opinions on Marzu. I said it about it in the podcast a couple of weeks back. Um, I think it's a pretender. Um, it's past its prime. It's done what it can. It's, um, apart from that third place last year in the Everest, I think it's pretty much done now. Um, $71.15 for a place if you really want to go for some value by all means like no one's not a chance in this race but um, for sake of sake I think there's a lot of better horses in this Tommy Berry's very good as well but yeah that, that first up just didn't look that good came ninth from 12th behind Private Eye 4 lengths behind um, yeah I think think it's just a pretender. I don't think you know, there's too much to go. Yeah, on. it's my first
0: pretender of the field. If he'd drawn in, he was right into it, but he's drawn all the way out. Um, Barry 11. Wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they scratched and took an emergency, maybe. You know, you've got those emergencies, Bellin de Patina, King of Sparta, Velana and Zapateo waiting in the wings. Um, but if he does run, they'll need to either work him hard to push forward or they'll have to ride for luck towards the rear, which I said for I wish I win would be hard, let alone Marzu. So... I think top four at best midfield finish, most likely for Marzu. Um, as we move into overpass and I've got him as a very strong contender. Thanks to that barrier draw. What are your thoughts on the Derby racing syndicate, uh, representative overpass?
1: Yeah. Great horse. Um, it's probably going to lead, like we've said, um, it's going to probably dictate the tempo, um, beat Amelia's jewel. So obviously it's a great horse because Amelia's jewels, a great horse in my opinion. Um, Unpopular opinion on this podcast, apparently. <laughs> um, also, pretty ran pretty nicely with Gear Kick um, as well. So, $13 and $3.70, I can definitely respect a bet on it and I can definitely call it a contender. It can dictate exactly how it wants to run. I think there's nothing that can say that it can't win.
0: Yeah, 100%. I've got him as a contender. I had him marked as a pretender pre barrier or I thought top four best chances for him because I thought he'd just get run over the top after, you know, working a bit hard to get to that lead. But from that second barrier, he's going to grab that rail and go, go, go. Um, He's the only clear leader in the race. He should get every chance in the world, especially if he sets a bit of a cheeky quick sectional mid-race and then catches them lacking and then just goes around that turn and bursts down the straight and they just can't catch him because he's run away from them. Um, However fast he goes determines if those back markers are going to be able to get into it. If he decides to drop the anchor on them, Goodbye back markers. But if he decides to go really fast, it's anyone's game. Um, I think him to place is probably one of the better bets of the day. Currently at $3.40 to place. $3.70, 370 now. 70 to place. I think overpass to place is probably, if you don't want to find a winner here because it's so open, get on him to place. Because I think the way it's going to work is he's going to look the winner for a very long way. And he's either going to go all the way with it or they're just going to absolutely swoop him in that last 50 meters but he is going to hang on for a place. I'd be very surprised to see him finishing outside that top four, top five, top six. He's going to be in the finish. So I reckon 370 for a place is great value. Um, we move to Buenos Noches, Nick.
1: I'm going pretender here. It could be one of the more ones that is a bit there, there, but, um, I can't give everyone a contender spot. So I just think there's better chances in this race. No, no slack to this horse, no slack to Dylan Gibbons. Um, I just think there's better horses in this race there's um better suited ones it's probably got the best barrier um it could have got if it got anything out on the outside it was definitely a pretender so that helps if you really want to go there punters um had a nice run behind private iron overpass in that same race but um yeah i'm not too sure if i would put my money there so $15 and $4.20 i'm gonna call it a uh Pretender.
0: Fair enough. So I've, I've got him as a contender just. Needs to be considered a threat thanks to his blinding turn of foot. The barrier was not totally ideal, but Gibbons can do what he wants from there. He can take him all the way to the back, or he can try and slot in amongst the pack. He will show his hand late, and a win would be the furthest thing from the shock. He's probably the pure, the measuring stick when it comes to Pretender versus Contender. He is right on the fringe. He's the one that if overpass goes quick, he comes right into it. If the Yankee gets dropped, rule him out. But he is just thunderous with his turn of foot. And imagine if Dill Gibbons gets up, an Apprentice winning the Everest. Oof. Yeah, wow. Huge. But um, Hawaii 5
1: Hawaii 5 I think it's a contender. Um, look, to say you don't retain Nash Waller, but then you get James McDonald's, not really a loss though, is it? So Yeah, you probably
0: not an upgrade, not a <coughs> downgrade. you just... One amazing jockey jumps
1: off, another one jumps on. Um, so yeah, can't complain. If um got a bit of a better barrier probably would have been one of my better tips. Could have would've have, probably would've led into the nine, ten dollar mark. Sitting at just over thirteen at the moment. So yeah, I'm not too sure, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go contender. I think it's a decent chance. J Mac is always good. Um, finishing just behind Think About it, It's great form to go off and I've said um Think About it, It's my Probably my best chance of the race. So Hawaii 5-0, what a pitch of a run it was last start. So give it a go if you want to. So Contender.
0: Yeah, Contender for me as well. Uh, he's a horse that probably prefers a touch further. Probably one that's going to like to get over the 1,300, 1,400 uh, metres as he progresses throughout his career. But he most certainly can figure here. From that barrow, you think he has to push forward a touch um, and sit off the pace to be any shot. And race net with that speed map like we went through earlier, seems to think he does. Um As he's a run-on type, he hopes they go fast first up. That is, if he ends up taking a sit-behind-overpass and he's not in the one-to-one position. Because the faster they go, the better his chances become when it comes into going around that turn and really building that momentum. Uh, J-Mac, like you said, jumping on, that's huge. Rarely rides for Gay, but he wins 25% of races when he rides for Gay and he places in 52% of them punters. So don't be surprised if J-Mac lifts him over the line and gets him right in the finish.
1: Fair enough. We moved to alcohol-free, number eight fifty one dollars and $11 for a place. Pretender. Um, yeah. I don't want to go on too much about it. I just don't think it's good enough. They're going for as much prize money as they can get. But this could be another one, punters, where i say, bit of teamwork here, both waterhouse um, trains. Look, it's found upon, but look, who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, if alcohol-free goes out and absolutely smashes them there will be calls of it on track there will be people screaming it if alcohol free goes right to the front and just runs 10 30 sectionals and then hawaii 5-0 comes running over the top but i mean yeah this is the only horse that i could genuinely put a pen through this horse is not winning but last year i said that about giga kick was the only horse that i was putting a pen through and look what happened but i mean i'd it's the only horse i would genuinely be shocked if it got up Purchased for $10 for this race specifically and turned out to be a bit of a flop. So they're at Shit Creek without a paddle. My thought is that they went chasing Imperatriz and they said no yet again. Um, But it's a free shot for them. Like, they'll have to make the money back on the the breeding now. But they own the horse. They own the race. Anything's a bonus for them. They'll be hoping she finishes midfield, which is probably uh, what she's going to do. Weirdly, Nick, she's nominated for the Cox Plate. As well. She's paid up for the last exception since for the Cox Plate. That's weird. Everest into a Cox Plate.
1: Yeah, you haven't seen that before. So, so I
0: think they're literally just trying to get as much prize money out of her yeah, as they can. grasping at straws at the, at the moment. But so. um, we move to In Secret.
1: Zachy Purton comes from Hong Kong. Yes. So always a positive. $11, $3, 40 for her In Secret. Um, look, I think the barrier kills her. Yeah. I think that's her issue she gets a better barrier she's one of my better chances uh, I think she's a pretender I think I can respect a better on her it's a, definitely at her best distance um, and Zach Purton is a great great jockey and you also it's not too much of a big deal in the bigger races in the, uh, in the shorter races like the Everest at the 1200 but she loses first um, horse that we've had so far that loses 2 kilos on her opponents. Oh, no, sorry. A- apart from alcohol-free. So, yeah. um, if you want to read in th- to that punters, there's that as well. But um, personally, I think at the 1200, weight is not one of your things that is as majorly
0: important. Unless it's that five kilo swing that the three-year-olds get. Yeah. Um, pretender for me, sadly, because she was my top contender all the way until that barrier got drawn. 100%. Uh, um, as you would have heard in the stats... Um, no horses won from barrier wider than 10 to be fair, six year old race. They're not as relevant as some races, but still 12th barrier is not ideal, especially for a horse like that. She had the prime setup coming into her with the prime form line, but I just can't see her winning from that draw. She'll probably get trapped without cover. And I think she needed to be settling closer to them to be any chance. And I just don't think she does. Um, So, pretender for me. I can only see placings at best for her from that draw. I'd love to see her win it, be the first female winner. But, unfortunately, I just think she's a pretender. Now, Espiona, another female horse in here. I think she's a pretender. Nick, what do you think? Tough. It's tough. You're Mr. Espiona. I am Mr. Espiona.
1: I think um, for this race, it's a pretender. But only because I just don't... Uh, I think they kind of, not really panicked, I'd say, but they've kind of just settled with Espiona in the end. Like, she was racing at the 1400. Yeah, she's not a sprinter. Like, I just don't see the point in her being in this race. I do think she's going to have a good spring, um, but I just don't think this is her race. So I'm going to go Pretender for me.
0: Yeah, Pretender for me. Like, we all decided last prep that she was only good in Melbourne and only good at the middle distance, then all of a sudden she's a Sydney sprinter. Like doesn't make sense to me. I mean, Chris Waller's the smartest man in racing, but like you said, I think again another situation up shit creek without a paddle. Like they wanted Nature Strip, obviously. My thought process: maybe they were trying to get Zoo Gotcha there in the end because they were focusing her at the sprints when she's more of a middle distancer. But then Espiona comes out and uh, Does absolutely pretty good start. Blitzes the prep, them so. over 1,400 meters. But look at the stats, punters. Five out of her six career wins at 1,400 metres or above, her only win on the short curls was her very first career start back as a three-year-old. So she's drawn well. I think she'll be in that stalking position. Her best can get her over the top, but I just think she'll take too long to get going. She'll just take too long, and she'll be like Marzu last year, I think, if it can get going and get into that placings. But I don't think her best her motor will kick in till the 100 meter mark and they might already be gone from her so maybe top four maybe put her in your exotics but i can't have her as a winning chance mm. we move to shinzo the first ever group one not group one sorry golden slipper winning cult to try and tackle this race my god if he wins golden slipper everest the rich get richer as they say and too bad because it's cool more owned so no common man gets a chunk of that uh money it's just the uh, the aristocrats up in the boxes just getting richer um contender or pretender mate
1: yeah if it wins it definitely gets sent to the stud barn i reckon in my opinion just gets even more money they're just going to be money upon money Shinzo if it wins i'm going pretender only because it pulled up lame last start i just don't i can't have my money on a horse that pulled up lame first up um obviously waller knows what he's doing but um yeah, pulling up lame is never a good sign leading into an Everest.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> trialed him. They decided he was good enough. They waited for the trial to confirm the slot. They were happy with the way he trialed. They reckon they've worked out the kinks. And they know that Chris Waller horses, they tend to explode second up. But either way, I just can't have him. I'm very rarely on horses straight after they've pulled up lame. And it's the same here. I mean, if he gets up, probably the ones that I'd be more shocked at, but wouldn't be surprised in the end, it's Waller. He's a genius. But, um,. Yeah, I just can't have him purely because he pulled up lame. So, Pretender Shinzo. Then we move to Cylinder, who I've got as a genuine contender. He's the three-year-old that I've got yeah. as the in it, up to his neck contender. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I think he's a contender. $8.50, $2.90 for a place. Gets a decent barrier, barrier four. Um, at the distance, obviously, three starts, two wins, and one second place being that slipper. Um Hasn't really put a foot wrong, this prep, at the 1,400. Um, that's another thing. Coming back to the 1,200, around the 1,400 la- um, last start. But yeah, f- finishing behind and and militarized wasn't too bad of a run. Um, those horses were just better on the day. But the two starts before that at the 1,100 and 1,200 were awesome. So um, you, I can definitely respect a, respect a bet on it. It's going to be a definite contender for me, um, as well as the good track record. Seven starts, three wins, and then the rest in the placings. So it hasn't missed the placings when it's a firm deck. So um, definitely an exotics play, but I definitely think it's a contender as well.
0: Yeah, he's ended up to his neck. Again, Zach Lloyd on board. It'd be awesome if an apprentice gets up and wins this Everest. Um, Champagne would be flowing at the Doncaster later on when they all gather. Um, Look, he's been up for a while. That's the only way I see him not running well here. The fact that he's been up for a while, maybe he's a bit busted, but if he holds his condition... He can do anything. He can stalk, overpass wherever he goes, sitting right behind him. He can also push up and sit one-to-one with him on the outside to put a bit of pressure on him. Um, He's done little to no wrong in his career, as you mentioned. I'm getting serious yes, yes, yes vibes. The uh, the winner of the third ever Everest came from the Golden Rose, had a very almost identical setup to cylinder here. Uh, I mean, he's a genuine top-four horse, in my opinion. I think he will be finishing in that first half of the pack. So, contender for Cylinder there. All right, mate. We've sorted the pretenders from the contenders. We know who you think can win the race from the contenders. Now, give me your top pick out of that. Who is your money going on?
1: All right, punters. You're going to come screaming at me and I can already picture the uh, comments on TikTok. But it's going to be think about it for me. $4.40 for the win. Favorite for a reason. Hasn't put a foot wrong in its career apart from that one start where it came third. But wow. Um just, I, I literally can't explain more why, apart from what I said before. Four starts at the distance, four wins. Eight starts at the good track, eight wins. It's it's definitely got the best chance. It's going to, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's the winner.
0: Fair enough, mate. I'm going for the uh, Pride Quinella, as I mentioned earlier. Private eye for me. Uh, I think the barrier is no knock for him. Other horses that would keep him, uh, have him come undone. For him, like I mentioned, he can do it without cover if he needs to. He ideally gets cover. If he doesn't get it, I think he is still a very, very good chance. I think he waits for his moment. He bursts clear late, as he did last year, but he goes one better. Nash Warrilla is in incredible form. He is going to scrub the absolute ears off him. He's gonna throw the kitchen sink at him to make sure he gets the most out of this horse. I think he can get him over the line here. I'm happy to be on him. $6 to win, $2.20 to place each way. I think that price may drift on the day as well, especially once that world pool comes into it. I think the money will come for other horses and Private Eye might drift out to that $7, $7 $7.50 range, but I'm happy with whatever price he is. Private Eye for me in the Everest. Now, Nick, we know you're on Think About It, but who is your first four over the line?
1: Uh, In no particular order. I've got Think About It, Overpass, Hawaii Favo and Cylinder as my four. But I'd also, if I was putting it boxed on, I'd chuck. I wish I went in there as well just to be safe, which I have on Dabble.
0: Fair enough, mate. It's up on Dabble now. Make sure to go there and uh, download Dabble today. You can use the code MOCKSPORTS when signing up to let them know we sent you to get on all of our Everest Day bets. Uh, I am going to putting be putting mine on. Mine is Private eye to win, obviously. Uh, Then I think, I wish I win comes second, as I claimed earlier. Then overpass, third, think about it, comes fourth. But I think it'll be very, very close finish. The way the track's playing, very fast. I think, you know, like I said, overpass will be up there and might get swooped. All the swoopers will come right at the last second. I think one, one and a half, two lengths max is going to split that first four, five, six over the line. So I think, yeah, private eye. I wish I win, overpass, and think about it for me, mate. And that wraps up our runner-by-runner runner analysis, sorting the pretenders from the contenders of the Everest. We hope you enjoyed it, punters. We're going to be having them for all the big races. That's the Caulfield Cup, the Cox Plate, the Melbourne Cup, and the Golden Eagle as well. So look forward to that. But apart from that, Nick, should we get into the Around the Grounds? Yes, we should, mate. As we look around the country, and, gee, it's a punt, punting extravaganza. There's races everywhere i know you're very keen to get stuck into caulfield but not on this podcast because you've got so much thoughts on uh caulfield you're gonna put out your own card
1: yeah i can almost tip um through the card myself i think confidently so i'll I'll release some tips um come probably tomorrow the next day got some time up my sleeve tomorrow so i'll probably put it out there thursday morning thursday ish so um have a look on our instagram for that as well punters if you want more tips more bets it'll be up there
0: and you know what, mate? I'm going to let you take that, but I'll just put in my thoughts for one one race only um, as you're pretty confident that you've found plenty of winners at Caulfield. And that's uh, race five. I'm going to be on Uncommon James. Um, good run without winning behind Imperatriz um, in that uh, Moya Stakes. Uh, $2.30 here. Damien Lane on board. So, I mean, like, he's flying as well. He's uh two from four. At the distance, he's uh, also two from four uh, coming second, so he's never missed the Quinella at this distance. Uh, he's also undefeated at the track, and he's undefeated second up, and apparently the blinkers are going on first time, so he won't get distracted by too many horses around him. So Uncommon James is the only play outside the group ones that I'm having at Caulfield. I'll let you take the rest of the card. Um, as we move through now to the Quaddy.
1: I'll let, I'll let you pick the Quaddy you, you let mate. me pick the quaddie. Pick All
0: right. Jeez. Um, in our rushness, we didn't prepare the quaddie, but I'm going to do it right now here, live punters. As we always do, we take four horses from each race. We'll take private eye and think about it in our tips, of course. Uh, then we'll add in, I wish I win, because we can't rule it out. And then we'll also throw in a bit of value, Nick. We'll throw in a bit of value. How about we throw in a bit of Hawaii 5-0? Cool. Okay, so we've got Think About It, Private Eye, I Wish I Win and Hawaii 5-0 in race seven at Ranwick. Race eight for the Silver Eagle, we've got Pericles, Benedetta, Yellow Brick and Ruthless Dame. In race nine, we've got Mr. Brightside, Fangirl, Zaki and Light Infantry Man. Uh, and in race 10 to finish it off, We will go Ospread Flirt, my tip, Aveberry, your tip. Uh, We'll go the favourite, more secrets. And then we'll also chuck a bit of value in there with Frumos. Always there or thereabouts is Frumos. So those are your quaddy horses. Of course, $50 will get you 19.5%. And with World Pool, boy, oh, boy. That could be a nice payout, especially if some value horses come through. The payout's going to be bigger anyway, but especially if the value horses come through, that quaddy should pay out big. So we'll go through it one more time. In race seven, we've got Think About It, I Wish I Win, Private Eye and Hawaii Five-O. Race eight, we've got Yellow Brick, Benedetta, Pericles and Ruthless Dame. Race nine, Mr. Brightside, Zaki, Fangirl, Light Infantry Man, and in the last, Ave Berry, uh, more Secrets, Ospread Flirt and Frumos. $50 gets you 19.5%. Nick, what is your best bet of the day around the country? Does it come at Randwick <coughs> or have you gone to Caulfield?
1: It goes to Caulfield. So I think it's going to be Stapati for me. It's to party In the Guineas.
0: Lovely, lovely <laughs> stuff. Um, I'm pretty confident that Gaza Blanca gets it done in the second at Randwick. I'm, I'm not here to fuck spiders, as they say. Uh, the second of the day, I'm going to get there, get down, put some money on the bookies, hopefully clean up and that'll pay for the rest of the day. Gaza Blanca, I just think he's a very, very smart horse. He knows where the line is. He'll get the job done. But punters, if you're going to be having a bet around the country at all this weekend, there's a lot of betting to be done. Please do it responsibly. Bet within your means. Set a deposit limit. Think about what you could be buying instead because chances are you're going to lose. So, Nick, anything to say to the punters before we sign off?
1: Good luck, guys. A lot of money to be won, but a lot of money to be lost as well. So, good luck. Well so done.
0: make sure to keep an eye on our socials. A lot of content coming out of Everest week. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify and our podcast. And make sure to head to our YouTube because we'll be getting the footage either of the entire podcast or the Everest chat up if you're more of a visual person. We'll be getting plenty of clips out on the socials as well. Big, big week. It's the biggest week for the mocks and we look forward to getting down there, being trackside and partying hard with the rest of Sydney as they always end up to turn up on Everest day. So it should be a good day. Good luck on the punt, and we'll see you next week for Caulfield Cup. Crohn's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the hundred. Crohn goes up the inside and Crohn takes the